For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for this podcast is provided by Subtruck Law. Revolution Recap thanks Subtruck Law for their support of our show, local independent media, and their mission of bringing unbiased truth. Revolution Recap would also like to thank Six Point Builders for their support. Six Point Builders are builders of fine custom homes in the Boston metropolitan area. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Revolution Recap. My name is Sam Minton, and I'm here with a special midweek episode for all the Revolution Recap listeners. I was lucky enough to chat with Max Brethos from MLS Season Pass. Make sure to check out his call of the game this weekend on Apple's MLS Season Pass. We got to discuss the New England Revolution season so far, as well as the matchup against Minnesota United, as well as some Noel Buck and Beans on Toast talk, so I hope you enjoy some lovely beans on Toast Talk. But before we get to that chat, I just want to let you know this episode is presented by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and match reports for baseball, boxing, golf, football, and of course, soccer, and even more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on all the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. What is going on, everybody? It is Sam Minton from the Blazing Musket, and I am lucky enough to be here with Max Bretos from MLS Season Pass. Max, how are you doing today? Great. Uh, always excited to have a, a game week, which includes the New England Revolution, a very uh, exciting team and successful team to cover. And great to join you, too, here, Sam. Uh, and uh, just uh, to recognize the great coverage you guys provide for the Revs uh, week in, week out. Uh, de- def- definitely appreciate it, Max. You know, you, you talked about, uh, you know, being able to uh, cover a New England Revolution games. Just overall, what are your impressions of the team so far this season? Obviously, second in the Eastern Conference, kind of in a weird spot right now. Um, just what have you thought about the Revolution's performance so far this season? Yeah, it's hard not to think about the weird spot, um, which is actually pretty multi-layered, uh, and how it's going to affect what has been a very promising season. I've done a couple Revs games, but they are they were both away. It was at LAFC and then at Columbus. And obviously, you know that the Revs are a much different uh, team at home, which is, you know, not something you say all the time. So it's exciting to say uh, that th- that's a fortress because, you know, Gillette gets poked fun a fair bit and uh, that to see that that's been good. And I, I was watching the Austin FC game last night and seeing a great turnout and a, an, a, 
a football savvy crowd, which, you know, did the right oohs and ahs when it happened. So it's really good to see that. So again, I'll see New England on the road and uh, it's in, it's in, a, it's a club that obviously are dealing with some off field issues that has to affect the players and coaching staff. Uh, they're doing a great job of compartmentalizing that. You know, I spoke to Richie Williams today and uh, he, he's a guy that knows this league inside and out and knows how to, um, get the most out of players and keep them focused on the task at hand. And it looked like that was the case uh, in these last couple games. I, you know, it's hard not to think about the injuries as well. I mean, no team has been dealt um, uh, a more difficult, has had a, diff- a more difficult pill to swallow than the Revs uh, going back to Borero and Kessler and um, obviously Brandon by, I mean, massive injuries to important players, Gustavo Bo, uh, it's been uh, I think I've been really impressed, especially with that, with how the Revs have been able to adapt to those two big to those two big ticket issues and put a team out there that can still be compete competitive. I, obviously, this next stretch will be very telling to see if they could stay amongst the top four in the East, which is clearly the goal. First place is probably out of reach, but a second, third, fourth and to get one of those quarterfinal best of threes is uh, a really smart target for the Revs. Yeah, and obviously, you know, uh, being here in the Eastern Conference, we don't get to see a lot of Minnesota United. So just kind of, you know, uh, give us your impressions of them. We haven't gotten to see a lot of them, obviously, the focus on the Eastern Conference. So obviously you have Emmanuel Reynoso, but just what have been your impressions of uh, Minnesota so far? Well, I think they're a tough one to put your finger on because, I, you know, obviously uh, Reynoso being gone for that long stretch of the season, and they're clearly better with him. And making the Timu, Timu Puki signing, who's not going to be there this weekend as he's with Finland on the international duty. Those two guys have really reinvigorated the attack. Uh, but, you know, when, I think when you look at Minnesota, you're really impressed on paper. Solid international keeper, good, effective center backs, um, good engine room, and then the attacking pieces and some other guys that fill the gaps nicely. De- a pretty decently deep team. But, you know, they just haven't quite hit it. I, I would have expected them to be top five in the West. But, uh, you know, if you look at their season, I think you'd have to be a little disappointed about how it's gone. That said, you know, if they can get hot. And they haven't, they haven't been a very good home team, uh, which you would expect from them. But if they can get hot, especially at home, they could put themselves in a really good spot. So, you know, I, I just think it's a club that has talent. Uh, is going to be a tough out, can beat the, a really good team, which we saw a couple times in League's Cup where they just throttled Liga and Mekis opponents, or they can kind of sink down to their uh, opposition. Uh, but that makes them uh, obviously hard to put your finger on, but also very dangerous, um, which, you know, the New England, you have to classify as one of the better teams in the league. So I think the sky, there's there's still a high ceiling for that team, but they they – usually don't reach it, but there's always that feeling that one of these games, they'll have a stretch where they're capable of, because they're just, the talent's too good. Yeah, and you know, obviously a lot of the focus will be on the number 10s, you know, Emmanuel Reynoso and Carlos Hill. So I I didn't know if you just kind of be able, you know, maybe compare and contrast their play. Obviously, you know, both great on the left foot, but just what stands out about those two 10s? Yeah, Reynoso's a little more bombastic. I mean, he'll do some things that will go ooh and ahs. Not to say Carlos Hill... Uh, can't do that. I, I, I remember when I watched the MLS All-Star game, which happened to be in Minnesota two years ago, and that was the first time I got to see Carlos Hill. I was on the field and see it up close, and everything he did was like the right thing, just technically gifted, smart, uh, and, and 
um, able to uh, find space for himself or his teammates. I was across the board really impressed when I got to see him in that capacity. Uh, Reynoso's, uh, you know, will, will provide you these more spectacular free kicks. I know Carlos Hill is capable of that too. Uh, I think Carlos Hill a little more well-rounded. Um, you know, they talk about sexy football. You know, Carlos Hill, maybe that's why he's not being mentioned as um, an MVP candidate this year because he's so consistent and he'll get you numbers and he plays a lot. And he's been by and large successful, certainly in 2021 and 2023. And, you know, he was a newcomer of the year at one point to have a guy like who's uh, who's been able to win a lot of individual awards and lead New England to new heights, which he did in 2021 uh, with the supporter shields. But uh, it's it's both number 10s. There are some similarities, but I, they will never get confused for either one. They're very different players. And uh, they work both very well with their clubs. I think Minnesota would have liked to have a little more Reynoso in the big picture. And that's the one that's the one disparity when you compare the two, at least this season. Yeah, and obviously, you know, Carlos does get a lot of the attention. So I didn't know if there's a player on this Revolution roster who's really stood out to you besides Carlos Hill, who's kind of been able to make an impact this season. Well, I think the easy answer is Noel Buck, and I know he is gone and he won't see him this weekend, but, you know, even just hearing reports about this under-19 performance where he was able to contribute, um, there was a shot that the New England Revolution posted with him in his England jersey. He looked like a full England international. I mean, his body's filled out. He's a gro- he's, 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 a, he's an adult, uh, and, but and a big, strong adult. Uh, and being able to – that's the kind of position that I think there is such uh, possibilities of – reaching all the goals that he wants to he's just this year in particular it's been big jumps in uh, uh his potential as a young player um fewer mistakes than the general young player i mean obviously he's still trying to carve out time but that's been really impressive along the way and obviously this big shift with new england you know edwards coming in and chancalai has to come in they have to throw you know, omar gonzalez um, it, it's been harder to kind of put your uh, I mean, I, I love Dylan Borrero when he was playing, but obviously he's not a guy uh, than you uh, that you could put in there. So this New England team is going to be very different moving forward than we saw. I loved what I saw from Nacho and what he was able to do. It looked like he just needed to get um, his uh, his sails filled with some wind where he's going to be effective. And who knows what, what that means for two brothers that are able to play together and kind of under the radar and is Ian Harks, you know, I was seeing what he's done in a situation where he's been thrust into uh, more minutes. It's been pretty impressive. You can see he's a seasoned player and uh, there's all these, there's a lot of good, I mean, obviously Petrovic is, is a guy who's gone. That's that easy answer as well. But uh, over the season, notwithstanding this game, it's it, the answer for me is Buck, but heading into this game, it, I think there's three or four different guys and maybe the next couple games that if they play well, and Nacho and Chancalai, who had the two goals, uh, and Harks as well, those guys that could probably help them um, get some road wins, which they desperately need. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny that you mentioned that Buck kind of looked like that full English uh, inter, uh, national player because, you know, in the locker room, he, he mentioned to us that sometimes it seems like people think he's almost like a fake Brit. And he's like, I eat beans <laughs> on toast. I eat beans on toast. Like, who eats beans on toast? Um, so he'll definitely be happy uh, to hear that. But also, too- by the way, if someone offered me beans on toast at a breakfast spot, I would eat it 100%. Do I prepare it at my house? I do not. But uh, if I'm in a, if a restaurant and that was on the menu, I would eat it with a grin from ear to ear.
Uh, Max, I think you just earned your, you know, English or possible UK passport. That answer, I respectfully disagree personally, but I, you know, <laughs> respect uh, the differences there. But you know, kind of going back to uh, Richie Williams, it's it's kind of been over a month since he's taken over. So just as a coach, what have your been your overall impressions of getting to see what he's been able to do? Well, you know, Richie Williams has been an incredible servant to this league. Uh, and, you know, he was extremely close with Bruce and, and these situations, especially for a team that's been successful, you want to have as minimal shakeup as possible. And I think Richie uh, can facilitate that more than, than anyone really in this situation. I, I feel bad because I know there's a lot of uh, information he's not privy to. None of us. It's got to be frustrating and difficult uh, to be able to do your job, but he's a real professional. I mean, that guy's been at it. I mean, you know, he's made a career as a player and coach for three decades. It's uh, it, it's it, it's a guy with a lot of know-how, and I think a team in this situation, Richie's the kind of guy that would you you would you would like there, and especially for these players uh, to have a, a familiar voice, but somebody who demands so much uh, respect. Uh, Richie is uh, – it could have gotten a lot worse in this circumstance if he had a different type of coach. But Richie Williams is – again, it's it's a guy who's, you know, one step below being a head coach and is known by that, that locker room and certainly known by everyone in the league, which makes it easier for everything you got to do when you're scouting, et cetera. Yeah. And obviously, you know, there is kind of a lot up in the air regarding, you know, the Bruce Arena situation. But when it, when it comes to the overall, you know, look of this team, you know, where, where do you think their ceiling is? Do you think that they can compete for an MLS Cup? Just just where do you see them ranking out uh, with the rest of the squads in the league? I think it would be difficult just because of the injury situation for them to maybe hit the tape. The East is really loaded. You know, FC Cincinnati – is on their way to probably winning the supporter shield. But then you have Orlando and Columbus and then some teams like, you know, you have inner Miami lurking down there. It's a, it's a monster of a conference, but if new England was healthy and they didn't have to shuffle the team so much around because of those injuries. And obviously this is, and this is a situation that they can overcome, but a combination of all that's going to make it difficult. I'm not saying new England can't get there at the end. And obviously the way they're playing at home and with the advantage of that surface uh, and playing games in New England where it's you're going to have a, in November, October, November, where you'll have an edge. Um, they could make some noise, but I, I would be reluctant to make them my pick um, just because of uh, the fact that uh, they're a little sh shorthanded. Now, if Gustavo Bo and Henry Kessler and some other guys can make it back in the next couple of weeks, I mean, Dewan Jones is on his way back. That's a huge um, addition because you know his star is shining bright then uh why not why not but I, I it's hard to kind of put that in front of what we see right now if they if they're able to incorporate back into the team and play somewhat close to the way they were playing before the injuries then yeah this team has a shot but i can't put him in there until i guess we see that uh work it's work itself out yeah, well the, well, the good news is we spoke to Richie Williams today, and he said that Henry Kessler is about a week or two from full team training. So that's definitely a good sign for him. But obviously, you know, you mentioned your, you couldn't make them your pick. Who, who Who's your pick right now to make it to the MLS Cup final? Uh, I, I, I was asked this, and it took me a longer time to answer. But since I've already answered, I can tell you, I went with the Columbus crew. Ooh. I think FC Cincinnati might be caught a little bit uh, by the end of it being chased this whole time, and we've seen some flaws in them. 
But again, you could really flip a coin. I like, I mean, Orlando's good. Philadelphia's going to be a tough out because they're the reigning champs in the East. Uh, I got to say, I mean, I, and on the West, I, it's been long enough to, if St. Louis City finished first and they, everyone has to come to City Park, why not? I mean, everyone else has been too up and down to pick, really. St. Louis is the only team that's somewhat close to consistency. So let's say Columbus, St. Louis, very Midwestern uh, matchup. Sam, what would your pick be? Oh, I'm, I'm not going to lie, Max. I, I'm not. I, I think I'd have to go with St. Louis. I'm a big St. Louis guy. I love them. They have my boy John Bell there. I, I think I just have to go with FC Cincinnati. I just think they've just been, you know, too dominant. I think obviously there's the questions of how far Lionel Messi will be able to take Miami, but I, I don't know if he'll be able to take them there. Like you said, I don't think the revolution will be able to make it there, just considering all those circumstances you mentioned. But I've been really impressed with Cincinnati. I uh, got to see them play here and they, they were really impressive. So I'll give FC Cincy uh, the vote of confidence there, but it would be really interesting to see the crew. The crew are always a team you have to keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, like you said, Cucho, I mean, go, go, doing great. Even without Zelayan, they're still able to perform. And Zelayan's kicking tail in uh, the Saudi League. I saw he scored, and they, they won 5-1 over the weekend. So, uh, he's he's off to a good start there. But it's crazy what we mentioned, Cincinnati, Columbus, St. Louis, all this Midwest uh, love. I mean, one of those teams will probably make an MLS Cup, and maybe there'll be a very Midwestern feel to the to the championship game. Uh, that's uh, it's great. It's all, everything that's happened there with the clubs, with the stadiums, has been huge for the league. I know we get caught up in the shadows of Messi right now, which is something, by the way, the league has to to work on to to, to get some attention around the league through Messi and through this euphoria that he's caused. Uh, but there's a lot of good stuff. That's, you know, I, I mean, just not to go sidebar here, but <laughs> the beautiful thing about Messi is people are watching and then you hope by osmosis they watch a little bit more of the league. Maybe they get the season pass and they uh, they watch uh, an extra game a week. That's all it takes. And all of a sudden, like, hey, this New England Revs team, I'm behind them or the Columbus crew. So uh, uh, hopefully our league gets exposed to a bigger uh, a bigger audience, which I know it is. Yeah, definitely. And I know I know there's there's recent reports, I believe, from Wall Street Journal or you know where I know there were some reports talking about those numbers. So you see the numbers growing, but hopefully it's not just a bypro you know, a focus on Messi. Hopefully you can get that love, you know, across yeah. the league. And obviously I know it can kind of be a bit of a cliche answer uh question, Max, but just what do you think is gonna be the keys for, you know, these both of these teams? You know, how is Minnesota going to walk away with a win at home and how could New England, you know, steal some points and, you know, possibly walk away with a victory on the road. I think with uh, Minnesota, you get some set piece opportunities because Reynoso is so good. And, and on those one-on-one -on -one plays, um, they can, you know, control that, control that midfield as well. I mean, they'll, they, they, uh, I think it's a bit underrated what they have there. Um, some of these players get, you know, picked on a little bit, but uh, certainly being able to control that midfield, uh, for New England, uh, I'm curious to see the role Dewan Jones plays. You know, they were really good against Austin. I like it when they're on the front foot and keep pushing that way. And uh, Shankalai, and I think the key maybe is they're going to have to rely on Shankalai and uh, and Nacho. Both of those guys have to show that they had a big week in training and be able to ha handle. Uh, a full 90 minutes, probably. So uh, I, I got the feeling that that group works pretty well together when you have Carlos as well in there and Vrioni, who has had some good looks. Uh, but if you can get a few more attacking options there, be aggressive, even though you're on the road and a good combination play 
the key to me would be just seeing if Shankale and Nacho can go that distance and uh, be important cogs in that offense. Don't be don't be too timid because Minnesota aren't a good home team, to be honest. And you can get you can get something from them. You've kind of have to uh, push them around a little bit and see what their reaction will be. Yeah, yeah, Max, you know, I do want to wrap up with one question. We were lucky enough we got to speak with uh, Brian Dunseth earlier in the season. And obviously, you know, you two are quite close. So I have to ask, what is your funniest Brian Dunseth story from whether it be calling a game or just general interactions uh, with the man? I am uh, I'm terrified to answer this question because I know Brian probably answered a couple of mine and they're probably not safe for this podcast, but uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's there, we we needle each other a lot we needle each other a lot so uh, we give grief all the time and sometimes we one-up our each other so much where it gets uncomfortable where we're like hey where are you why aren't you here hey you're two minutes late so it's constant but a back and forth it's um is uh <laughs> no one relents we keep going until someone concedes but no one concedes that's the problem but um, I, I he's I'll just say he's a he's a he's a I'm really happy that I've got partnered with him this season. Uh, he's just an easy guy. I know his kids really well, and his his wife, and his he knows mine. We we spent some time working on Fox Soccer Channel as well. We have some good stories about that, but that might require a brandy and a cigar <laughs> or something to talk about. But uh, it's really good. I will say I'm working the game with Daniel Slayton and. Uh, he, Dunset better be on his best behavior because if Danielle knocks it out of the park, who knows? Maybe I'll say Dunny. He has to maybe do some next pro games and work his way back up. Uh, uh, Dunny's on the hot seat. But, Max, <laughs> I, I have to say, can't wait uh, to hear your call of the game. So, definitely, everybody, make sure to check it out on MLS Season Pass. But, again, Max, thank you so much uh, for joining me. Thanks, Sam. And I got to tell you, the folks at the Revs, uh, when I got this assignment, I was really pumped. Uh, it's an interesting game. There's only five games this weekend. And I look at this one, this is the best game of the weekend in my estimation, because there's a lot at stake and that's going to uh, provide it. Uh, there's going to provide some interesting moments. And whoever wins this game is obviously in a lot better shape than the other team. Once again, I want to thank Max Barretos for taking the time to chat with us. And once again, want to remind you that this episode was presented by Bet Online. Thank you so much for listening and catch you next time.